HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show. Spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission. They're too bad for radio and too good-looking for television. And now, here they are, the Nichols and May of the now generation, your hosts, Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. Welcome, radio listeners <laughs> everywhere. Ah, uh, you are in fine fettle and articulate as always today. Yes, Judy. very articulate. I know how it pains you to return to the confines of the Heritage Radio Network after your star turn at the Whitney Museum. I, the Whitney Biennial. Uh, you were the star. I was the breakout star of the Whitney Biennial, part of the Michael Clark dance experience. Oh my God, we have achieved guests. Oh my God. Okay, well, this, this is, is what is- happens when you're... We have when you're rebels, when you're rebel radio. Rebel radio with rebel publicists. You know, their whole job is to get people places on time. And here they are walking right, right in. But before we get to our guest at all, right and, and, and it's right on the nose, uh, Angie Carlson. Dude, that's how I work and it. we're here also with Heather West. But before that, uh, Judy, it's a mitzvah. It's a double mitzvah, as my people it would is. say. Okay, it's our 40th. I know all about you people this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Trying to get paid for writing a bar mitzvah movie. Good luck with that. Um, but today's double mitzvah is it's our 40th show, and it's your 29th birthday. Yay! <laughs> 29 plus a little. And also with us uh, is our corporate sponsor, the suit. I feel like <laughs> Leslie Moonves from CBS coming down. <laughs> Judy, I want you to know you're the best part about the Mike and Judy show. <laughs> Thank you, You're Patrick. the best half, and uh, we love you. what you do. So this proves how much we love you for radio. Ooh, Wait, this place is going to look like the locker room of the New York Yankees in about two seconds. <laughs> okay. This is Patrick Martins, the proprietor of... Ooh. Heritage Ooh. food. He knows his way around a champagne bottle. Yay! Thank you, that was Patrick. Real. Happy birthday. 
Thank you. And Jack, Judy would like some singing. She specifically requested singing today. Singing from you and Jack. Jack, are you ready? All right, here we go. Are we singing the happy birthday song? Yeah, we are. Okay. Excellent. Happy, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Hey. Well, I had to cut it out before we get, you know, those happy birthday people are very uptight about the copyright. Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) All right. You should keep it quiet. (laughs) So tell us about dancing at the... At the Whitney Biennial with your pal Jarvis Cocker. With my pal, well, Jarvis Cocker opened for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, Michael Clark. This British really because I heard it was the other way around. <laughs> Zing! He was stalking me. There's a picture of us together. He kept saying, "My girlfriend, my girlfriend, this, my girlfriend, that." It's like, "Fuck your girlfriend, fuck me." No, not really. But we were, yeah. It was it was really fun. He uh, played with his side project, uh, Relaxed Muscle. And we danced to it, and we danced to the song called Be Real, and it was really, really, really fun. <laughs> and now it's over, and my life is back to being... Wow, I was very impressed yeah. and very proud of you. In the I, thank you so much awesome. for coming. It was, it was awesome. Are you, are you really kidding? Fun. This was Michael Clark, if you know the choreographer, Michael Clark, his installation performance at the... Which is sort of a centerpiece of the whole Whitney Biennial, which is a lot of crap, by the way. <laughs> okay, I mean, <laughs> it's some of the worst fucking art I've ever seen. I didn't think it could get any fucking worse, and yet they made it worse. Yes. Okay, yeah, here's a bag of garbage. It was one of those things, you know, where you're like, you're, le- you're, you're leaving the gallery, and there's like a garbage can, and someone like put like their soda pop bottle on top of it, and it was like better than anything in the actual gallery, or, or at least the same. They had the same important, yeah. they had the same meta. There was some, there was some there was some cool stuff. I mean, like I really like the there were these weird little pods that looked like they were going to eat you, but mostly it escaped me. But yeah, his thing was very ambitious. He he got forty eight members of the public and trained them to dance with, you know, with his dancers going in between us, which was really like. The gazelles amongst the water buffalo in a lot of cases. <laughs> I was standing next to, uh, I had to dance next to this guy, Harry um, Alexander, who's this beautiful man, about six feet tall, weighs probably 110 pounds, on toe shoes. And I kept wondering, like, we have to run next to each other, and I kept being worried that I was going to take him out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I would have paid to see that. I would have ruined his dance career, and he's only twenty. Oh man! But it was very fun, experience. and it was nice. We got to hang out with David Bowie. It was it was a pleasant David time. David Bowie was, was there. Wow. Stanley Tucci came to see it. Uh, Spiro came, and he sat next to John Cameron Mitchell. It was like a like a lot of gay celebrities were there um, on the one night, but it was fun. But anyway, back to normal life. Hey, do you guys want pizza? Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. We got pizza and champagne, right? You guys want the pizza and champagne? Mike and Judy special. It smells incredible. Right. That so, sounds sure. All right. Well, I'm so thrilled with our guest today, uh, Judy. This is like just giving away free advice. It's going to be the we most listened tips. to show in the history of the Mike and Judy. We do. The question today is how do, how do you we become famous? Yes. Are <laughs> you already famous? Yeah. Well, but internet yeah. radio. We have what's called regional fame. We're famous in the heritage radio network. We're famous in this room. You're infamous. We're one of the top 20 yeah. shows on the on the radio show. And thanks, Patrick, and the heritage radio network for the champagne. Yeah. Yeah, nice. And our friends at Roberta's. So today with us today is uh, uh, my old pal Angie Carlson of uh, the newly formed Propeller P- Publicity. Super uh, exciting to have you here. We've worked a lot with um, John Spencer and Heavy Trash and recently with the Sadies and Andre Williams. Oh, yeah. And um, another great friend of mine, uh, Heather West from Western Publicity, Hi. all the way from Chicago. <laughs> um, don't be afraid. Get right up close to that microphone. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry, I'm a low talker. Okay. Um, <laughs> How do we become famous? What do we do? What's it look like out there? Seems <laughs> what does it look like? What do you get? What do you want to get famous for? Okay, me and Judy. Say, say, say Judy and I have a, have a rock and roll band. Uh, what's our? What's the first thing we should be doing? Well, y'all just stay home and we get the coke. <laughs> You're, I'm so hiring you. Kind of organized, sort of a meet and greet type of a situation, you know. But you come later after everybody's high. 
And then, you know, the magic happens. That's good. That's exactly the kind of cynicism I expected to hear. Do you guys guys ever advise clients to do, like, sex tapes or anything? Or does that not work for music? But if they... No, but if they had a sex tape, I'd figure out where to put it. I I always (laughs) thought John and Christina should do a sex tape. Is there one? No. (laughs) There probably is. There probably is. We just don't know about it. God damn those people for being discreet. (laughs) 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 They're his friends. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
younger listeners who know neither Andre Williams or uh, Charles Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> or the, yeah, whatever. Everybody trying to get to the moon. Broadcasting live from Roberta's, it's the Mike and Judy Show on the Heritage Radio Network. It's Judy McGuire's 29th birthday. Woo! Uh, 29 and hold. 29 and holding. And our 40th episode. Can you believe it? They said it wouldn't oh, last. Oh, 40 seems like such a big number. <laughs> and we're here with uh, Angie Carlson and uh, Heather West, two of uh, Indie Rockdom's best publicists, Brightest Lights, and they're going to tell us how to become famous. Or... Uh, you're working with people who already are famous, which seems like an unfair advantage. I work, I work both <laughs> gamuts, and then I'll turn it over to Heather because she works something that I love, the Ponderosa Stomp. I adore it. And um, so, yeah, I work heritage acts, and I also work up-and-coming acts, and they're really, really different. Like, um, right now I'm working Squeeze, so they're playing Coachella, and they're love doing that. Ellen. And, um, they're doing and they're, Ellen? They're doing Ellen. And how do you wow. book Squeeze on Ellen? I saw them at the Palladium. Ellen decides she wants them. <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> hey, could, could you get the Mike and Judy you on the to, Ellen? You have to give yourself I'll some credit her. for getting Ellen just because. <laughs> it's so rad. But anyway, so that that is just kind of harnessing their time, figuring out what they want to do, and finding their fans. And hopefully finding new fans for them. And it's kind of a legacy thing. Like, to me... Squeeze are like Elvis Costello or something. Yes. To me, like I worked their lasting spot, the difference where, and I think this is brilliant. They were one of those artists that didn't own the original versions of their recordings. So they went in and they re recorded them, and they're talented enough, and the chops are still there where they did them so well that they dared you to spot the difference and fucking put it out. And it was like, there's our greatest hits. Ha, we reclaimed our shit. Is what still, label is that out on? It was out on Anchor and Hope. And oh. it fucking is great. Great, 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 great. That. Are they still so, the same guys? It's uh, different in Tilbrook, and some of the old guys, um, obviously, uh, what's his name? Jules Holland has a TV show, and he's kind of right. busy, so he doesn't come over. Um, Paul Carrick, I think, tours with them in Europe, but doesn't come over here. But um, Glenn and Chris sound absolutely the same. I mean, it's just sick. They're so, so, so good. 
So um, they're going to be at Roseland. I recommend it. When is, oh. when is the show at And Roseland? a couple New Jersey shows. Damn it, I okay. don't even have it on. So, okay, so that's this easy, month, This month, you can go. Hey, everybody, here's Squeeze. You <laughs> love them. Ellen says, sure, have them on the show. They're at Coachella, which opens a million doors. What do you do for the Unknown Band? The well, Unknown Band. Um, that has a great record. Here's a record, the Mike and Judy Project, and it's uh, swinging, grooving, happening. It's got a beat. You can dance to it. Get a plan. Like, what do you have? Uh, get your assets. Do you have a video? Do you have any uh, live stuff? Do you have footage? Do you have... Sure, we have all uh, that. Bonus okay. tracks. Yeah, do you have bonus tracks? Away. Do you have... Because everything now is content and everything is so over quickly. And so P- artists like Squeeze and stuff, they don't... They're they're really savvy. They're not a good example. But it's like, like the Sadies and Andre. You know, I don't have any footage of Sadies and Andre. I don't have a video. You know, I don't have the stuff that you have to do a campaign these days. So it's like, it's a bit more of a challenge. So with young bands, they're pretty good about, you know, doing your social networking, being on Facebook, tweeting, doing Instagram photos, saying where How they're at. How important do you think that social media oh, is? Oh, fucking like, huge. Yeah. Huge, 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 huge. Probably bigger than anything but hasn't it been diluted a little bit now that like everybody has access to it there's so much coming at you I it invited, has I get invited to like a dozen events like you know every time I turn on this machine well you, that's the Facebook thing but Twitter it's just fast and people click on it and they retweet it and it's just like I think it's a million times better than Facebook in a lot of ways and if you find the people that dig what you're doing and you offer them something, they'll follow you. They I mean, respond, it, you yeah. can't just. I mean, if the band has personality and the tweets kind of give you a sense that you know them and mm. stuff like that. I mean, like, y- you guys should tweet like mad because you're funny as hell and you're just, you know, like. Love her. Like, what you think about your day. Like, hey, I'm out and I'm, you know, like the Water Buffaloes Gazelles. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, if you, I'm, I would I'm read on, your I'm tweets every day. I'm Hit or miss Judy after Reckless Eric. I'm going to be there. Okay. (laughs) Well, to me, it's like the, you know, it's really great if your artists can sort of spend about half of their Twitter time pimping whatever they have going on. Mm -hmm. We've got this show coming up. Oh, my God, we're on the way to... We're in the horrible turnpike, but we're going to be in New York But they can't do too much. I find, like, people who just pimp it... Like I can't stand people that. It just no. They have to be too. funny. Like what's that girl Katie from La Sierra? That band, she's great. You know, she talks about all kinds of funny stuff, and so then she sort of interjects. This band that I work with, on. the Ets, are really funny. Yeah, they're band. great. The Ets are pals, and their stuff's always funny. Are they, they're they're always, a client of yours. They have been for years. Uh, right now, they're in between records, but they're pals, and you know, so it's like their stuff. Yeah, I've worked a few records with them and helped out with parting gifts and stuff. So they, um, they're a hoot. They're just, but they're just naturally a hoot, you know. Yeah, the personality really helps. Yeah, and I have a couple of Memphis artists. One of whom goes to the public library to check his email, so you can imagine what his social media presence might be like. And then. <laughs> I read the other newspaper on it, you know, and he, he people respond to him and they retweet his things and it's great, you know, and it's just free. And it's what, is, what is the biggest mistake a young band can make? Trying to trying to figure out what trying to like look around, see what's going on, and and fit in. I mean, the stuff that's going to make it is the stuff like that truly the people I mean you could make it like that maybe for a little while but I I like Katy Perry seems to be doing okay Katy Perry is gonna do fine because she's smart and she has people writing songs for her and she will let them 
make her hair any color and she's a product and she knows she is and and right. it's cool and, and that's what it is so different than what we do yeah right. you know I the mean, bands that really succeed are the ones that are just themselves they're not like oh wait this is popular right now so we should do that it's like we this is who we are this is what we do but i that's mean that's what people respond to the Katy perry's i mean i respect her work ethic <laughs> you know i mean and and she's got like i'm sure a team it's like i'm sure every decision for Katy perry has you know teams upon teams upon teams and that's like the difference between like saying you know like ford and honda and some somebody that works on their cars that is a really rad car and you know what i mean like it's 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 like walmart versus you know your cool store down the street a roberta's mcdonald's versus roberta yeah exactly right no pizza slut versus roberta's and the pizza sluts will inherit the earth Unfortunately, hey, did you just see the thing where there's the hot dog? Was it Domino's where you can get the hot dog baked in the crust? I was oh, talking God. about that last Holy night. with some, some Scottish <laughs> people. I went to see Scottish Band. They go, you can get a hot dog baked in the crust. You know, it's like that's a lot of tube steak. That is a lot of tube steak. But but like, and there is a market for that shit. And there's a market for Katy Perry. And then there's a market for well, what is what is the market, market for for an in, indie band? Because uh, you, you work with some up and coming bands for like their first release mm-hmm. yeah. on, on labels. And like labels aren't the thing they used to be. Is uh, my understanding the guys I know and you know my own uh, so-called music career um, it doesn't have the impact that, that it used to no. anybody has access to distribution you can get mm-hmm. it out um, it's very difficult to sell records of course these days um, I mean it's really about getting people to come out to your shows right yes and when they get there honestly my band sells so much more vinyl than they sell CDs it's like really kind of a big decision to even make CDs anymore because no wow. one cares you have downloads you know, you put a download card inside the album or you staple it to a T-shirt and tack a couple of extra bucks on and they get the music in the T-shirt. Nice and then one. they're out like and people walking collect around. the vinyl. Yeah. You know, and, and everybody the- loves vinyl. It just sells through. So you know? who are some of the bands you're working with now? Who, me? Yes. Or? I'm working with um, John Paul Keith and Jack Oblivion, who's from the great, we great love, We love Jack Oblivion. Yeah. Um, they have a new and record may- coming out, actually, on In the Red that I'm not involved with, but I'm super excited about and it. In the Red never hires anybody. I used to bug Larry, too. It's like, he's like, why should I pay somebody? So, whoops. No. <laughs> I was like, well, shout out to Larry. But you know what? And um, we love In the Red. We love the Oblivion. I, I mean, love In the Red. You know, I love um, him. Put I, it out. I, I believe the Andre Williams you just heard is on, was on in the red right mm-hmm. um, I mean Andre's okay. a label slut he puts uh, out stuff on all sorts yeah, yeah, of labels yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, but label slut pizza sluts there's so many sluts what's going on welcome to the Mike and Judy show <laughs> um, why should I pay for a publicist I mean that, that's the question I've because... had, I've had, honestly I've had mixed experiences with publicists um, for, my, you know, you know, for writing books and for being in bands and stuff sometimes you've had great success sometimes we just get zero and um, it seems kind of hard to under, understand stand why I think it's it, funny I'm gonna. I'll say this quick. I'm training an assistant in because I need to do it, and it's like it's making me realize like how I do it. You know, like you just kind of do it, and you forget why or how. And it's like I'm like, okay, when you do this tour press, you kind of make these relationships and blah blah blah, and tell these people you know me and do this and blah blah blah. And it 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 is relationships and stuff, but it's also trying to figure out people's tastes and like when I hear a record I'm like okay this person's going to dig it this person's going to dig it this person isn't going to get it this is not going to happen and it's managing um, it's managing expectations for your exactly. clients like I have clients that 
you know, like say a client comes to me that's like sort of a legacy client and goes, I hear pitchforks important. I'm like, <laughs> dude, it's not that's not gonna happen and that's not important for you. You know? Or do you know what I mean? Like Sure, saying, sure. No, I know people who a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing, certainly. Right. Especially for what you call the legacy acts or the heritage acts, these old codgers who just, you know, found out about this internet thing and just sort of kept bubbling up to catch up to them. It's that you're right. It's not the audience. It's like knowing who's going to bite on what, trying to keep up sort of with everything. Um, I mean, how do you keep up? There's so much media writing about you music. Can't. And there's so many fucking bands. I pick up a copy yeah. of Spin Magazine, and I don't know any of the people they're writing about. Well, Grampy, that's our age. Yeah, that, you know, is it, is it our age? Because I try to keep my uh, ear to the ground a little bit. You know, it's, I mean, okay, I know some What's of these bands are. What's your 29 and a half? But is that it? <laughs> you know, I try to think when, you know, when I was your age. Uh, um, <laughs> a couple uh, years ago. What, what was really flying by that I was grabbing onto? I mean, there's a lot of garage rock and punk rock and stuff. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's very weird. My brother, who's kind of a square yuppie, mm-hmm. calls me up the other day and says, I love this new band, Wild Flag. Okay? Oh, new! Brand new! Right, right, right. He's, like, he's, like, he's, you know, he's like, wow, they're so great. And like, he'd never even heard of Slater Kinney, right? right. So he, he, he was coming or out of nowhere of for him. And he's like, he just said, oh man, Jack White's awesome. You know this guy, Jack White? He's just now. He, like he doesn't know about the White Stripes. Well, he's, 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 he came to the game very late. That's was, what I use my sister for, too. I'm like, hey, have you ever heard of this? You know, and if she has, then I know that they've kind of bubbled through. Right, because his taste leans towards Bruce Springsteen and you, too. Nothing and when he calls me up and says, I love the Black Keys. I saw them last night. They're fantastic. And you're like, that has bubbled into... I mean, that's good, too. I use my family as well. They're in northern Minnesota, and they've not heard of probably most of what I do. They've heard of, like, the Indigo Girls, a few things like that. And But I use them as a sounding board not for if they've heard of stuff, but if stuff has... They like if it. If it's catchy. I'm like, I use that. I remember this band's doing really well. I'm not doing this one, but... I did the one where they broke through. It's Trampled by Turtles. And I was in northern Minnesota, and they gave me... <laughs> I don't know who they are. Yeah, well, they gave me this... They they just sent me the stuff. New manager's rough. And I listened to it, and I went, this is super talented. And they had not had any national press and hadn't done anything. And I played it for my family, and they dug it. And I just thought, this is going to be huge. And so it's like sometimes playing stuff for, like, the squares and just saying, do you hear something in this is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. the squares. The, sorry, family. Well, well, the, well, well the, world, the world's caught up to it in a, in a lot of ways. Like I say, they play the Ramones at baseball games now. Right. We used to get beaten up for listening to that shit. I mean, you, you were a real outsider. <laughs> if you, you know, if you, oh, yeah. You, absolutely. Did mushrooms to my first Ramones show <laughs> in 80, Minneapolis. Everybody was tripping. It was awesome. Yeah, you know, I'm I mean, 100. That stuff now. I mean, they play Slayer <laughs> at the NFL. And the third. Metal. The no. world's caught up to it. It's not so risque anymore. You know, what was once subversive is now basically it's just redundant. Mainstream. Iggy's a spokesman for all kinds of shit. Bird. Iggy oh, is hot shit. Cruise lines, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that is, is his age demographic, though. Well, you know, when he went into Did that... Do you want to go on a cruise that, with Iggy and your kids? <laughs> you know, when he got into the so-called, like, rock and roll mall of fame, that fucking wax museum out, you know, oh, I hate that fucking thing, you know? But to me, that was, like, really, that was the final... That was it. The so are you backing Axel? Are you backing Axel? No, I'm not backing anybody. Why would, I, why would anybody want to be involved? Look, do? I don't blame for these guys Axel who want to have a career. He, does, he will not be in the Hall of Fame, and he will not even have it inferred that he even what? wants whatever. So, so, so the drummer of Guns N' Roses wants to go to the ceremony. It's going to help his career. Whatever. Mazel tov. You know? But seriously, like Iggy, Iggy lobbied to be 
in there. Did I mean, he? he worked hard to get in there. And I always thought that rock and roll was going to be like crushed by you know by some Rick Santorum type family values creep <laughs> and by and by the media conglomerates. Okay, but I didn't see it happening. Is it was going to eat itself? Crushed and by the weight of its own it ego. Yeah, but, but seriously, I mean, why would you want? I mean, I, I get it. He's had I think a, he doesn't want to starve to death in his old age and live under a bridge. I, I know. I know one deserves it more than Iggy Pop, who's worked so fucking hard over these years. You know, what used I to heard? go see him like you know the Peppermint Lounge, you know, you know, you know, playing for a few hundred people with his pants around his knees. Yeah, I mean, doing the whole I show saw like him on that. that. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing the Glenn Matlock tour in '79, and he still cut himself, and I was like so stoked. <laughs> no, I was like, I want, I want some, blood. I want blood. Yeah, I want to see what he, he what deserves. You, I want to see you do that. Glenn Matlock's still a good-looking man. Is he? Yeah, he was a sweet man. Oh, Worst I saw. Where did you see him? Uh, his band was so fucking bad. Like, so he bad? Did, he did his. He played with uh, Robert Gordon. He, he was doing a, a, a solo thing. Uh, it was opening at the um, uh, one of the Ramones' birthday bashes, and it was just. It looked like he just got his band off of St. Mark's Place that afternoon, and they brought Ouch. their clothes like you know down at like like trash vault, but, like, but like an hour before the show. Ouch. I mean, it was like so faux punk. It was really bad. Oh, that's a shame. Does punk rock even exist anymore? Really, like, he, I mean, is there any more punk was, rock, Heather? No. You're nodding your head. No. What happened? I, you know, honey. <laughs> Come on, man. You know what I think? I think there is punk rock because I think every generation. I was th- I was explaining this to somebody last night, and I was like, "We're just jaded because we saw Iggy. We saw all this shit." But if you were 19 and you saw like the new band from Brooklyn that sounds punk rock and is raw, and it's the first time you heard it, and you were with your friends, and you got laid that night, and you scored some drugs, you would think you saw the most bitchin' thing ever. And you saw the very soul of punk rock, because you wouldn't have the real thing to compare it to. So well, well, every generation has their I, That's very optimistic, and I, and I do tend to agree with that, actually, because, yeah. sure, because when we were 19, we were getting hit with it the first time. Yeah. Of course, what we were getting hit with was the, the stuff. The real shit. <laughs> well, well, it was undiluted first generation. Right, But right. also, well, also we had to work we had to fight for it. Yeah. It's just And we right used to there. get threatened to get beat this, up for this it. This goddamn yeah. internet has ruined it. Everyone can listen to I mean, like, the police used to line up on front of the shows and just grab us and beat the crap out of where us. Where did you we grow up? Where were you going to shows? I grew up in Austin okay. and I started going to see punk rock shows in about 79 or 80. Exactly. And back then, That's they exactly were me. out to kill you and we used to have a whole system where we hauled any kid who looked even remotely drunk out the back door and threw him in the band's van. To keep the cops from just beating him to death. Say so we you know? didn't. So have... now it's like it's all just there. They can just have it. No, I think the he... cops didn't beat us, but they definitely <laughs> like um, people would yell "punker" at you. Oh, yeah. driving down the road. Or the worst punker. was "new wave." Oh god. Or Devo. People used Devo. to yell Devo they used to at yell me. Devo. Or B fifty two. It's like I have a mohawk. God damn it. <laughs> I went to see the Talking Heads when I was like 14 at this really legendary place in Austin called the Armadillo World Headquarters. I remember that. um, And it was a great show, but I was standing outside talking to the doorman at like four in the afternoon and and this like tiny Subaru, remember when they were little, really small, station wagon pulled in and it was like a clown car. All these people were unloading (laughs) out of it with all these props and shit that you couldn't imagine how they fit in there. And it was the Talking Heads. Wow. And it was like their first tour, like opening for Devo. (laughs) I was like, well, from tiny acorns, mighty oaks grow. Listen, we're almost out of time before we go, though. Um, Get out. Uh, Obviously, it's the fastest 30 minutes on the internet today. Happy birthday, Judy. Thank you. Uh, Before we go, please tell everybody where they can find you so they can hire you. You and become rich and famous. 
like the Talking Heads, which you helped unload, and that was the start of their career. Clearly, you yeah, took them on I, the map. I made it happen. For those people, you know what I'm saying? And then Squeeze is doing very well, thanks to Andrew Carlson. I, I feel like I should mention a bunch of my bits. I'm working Portland Cello Project, who are geniuses who can arrange anything. They did Pantera's vulgar display of power for the 20th anniversary, and people that saw Pantera in Portland showed up and sang along impromptu. It was a moment, and. The older you get, the more shit you see, the harder it is to have those moments, and I love them. Well, if you can promote a cello uh, project. I fucking love them. And um, John DuFillo from Apples and Stereo has a record, a squeeze. Amy Ray, I'm going to go see her tonight with Kaya Wilson. Love them, love them at City Winery. Uh, WFUV show. What else? Am I and where can people them? find you, Andy? Propeller, Propeller Publicity. Andy. On them interwebs. On them interwebs. Propeller Publicity, Andrew Carlson, and Heather West of Western Publicity. Yes. Are you tweeting? Website? Uh, Western Pub is my uh, Twitter account, westernpublicity.com, and everyone should go see a great power pop band tonight. Um, it's uh, Tommy Stinson's new band, and they're oh. really good. And also, everyone should go see the opener, which is Trapper Shep in the Shades. They're a super young band from Milwaukee, and they're amazing. Awesome. We will do that. We love Tommy Stinson of Guns N' Roses. You know course. what, Tommy Stinson? <laughs> me being old Minneapolis person, I used to see him at parties like 16 and stuff. And I remember one time he gelled his hair, and I went, hey, Duran Duran. <laughs> that, was, oh. that was what I came up with. The replacements were new wave. And with that... <laughs> Judy, happy birthday one more time. Thank you. It's the Mike happy and Judy birthday. Show on the Heritage Radio Network. I got a little special birthday music for you. Let the party start. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. <laughs>